Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn with me into the book of Psalm chapter 91. As we are turning there, I want to compliment our praise team for taking us up tonight. We just sang about Jesus, 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 Jesus. Anytime you say his name, there's power and there's deliverance. I want to thank all of our teams that serve behind the scenes and out front, our media teams that make it possible for us to take the gospel on YouTube and around the world. And you'd be amazed the number of people that tune in and watch. Um, I'm amazed at how many people catch uh, the, the ministry here in Indianapolis. And so that's just all of us working together and seeing the hand of God do great things in our, in our midst. I want to speak tonight on this thought, roots run deep. Say that out loud, roots run deep. I want you to have a mental picture of roots coming out of your feet. <laughs> Wasn't there a movie, a Marvel movie that had a, a tree in it that talked? What was his name? Thank you, all you worldly folks. For letting me, <laughs> I'm teasing. Groot, it was Groot. So I want you to picture, um, for all you sanctified folks that have no idea what we're talking about, it was this uh, tree-like figure that uh, was, you know, looked like a tree, but would talk like, well, really, I don't know if it talked. But anyway, it had these uh, limbs and stuff. And uh, so it could just, you know, extend its roots. So look at your feet tonight, and if you really want to have fun, look at your neighbor's feet and really get a good chuckle in. And I want you to imagine roots coming out of your feet. If you will keep that in your mind tonight, it will carry us into the objective of this service. Now, we're here to magnify Jesus. We are here to worship and have discipleship and fellowship, but we're here to do what he wants to do, and I believe that God has a word for us in this house. In Psalm chapter 91 is where I want to begin reading tonight, and when you have your Bible there, say amen. amen. And the psalmist declares, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, now, reading that, you might think that you're hindering someone, but that's really not what that verse is teaching. You're not standing in someone's way. You're just not walking in the way with sinners. Does that make sense? So he said, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the who? The ungodly, nor, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Everybody hold your Bible up because for us, on this side of the cross, this is the word of God. This is the law of God for us. And he said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. Now, in his season, not your neighbor's season, not in the past season, but right now in this season, he says, if you do these things, meditate and all of that, 
you will be compared to a tree planted, say planted, say rooted, by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, when I get to that part that says his leaf also shall not wither, to me, years ago, brother and sister Penny, who attended our church for many years, and brother Penny's gone home to be with the Lord, used to tell us that you could tell if somebody's lived a hard life by the way they look. Don't look around the room. And really what they were trying to say is that good living will keep you looking good. I want all the good-looking people to say amen. amen. <laughs> Everybody just kind of fell into that category, didn't they? Because ain't nobody going to say amen to not being good-looking. Amen? Well, I got that. Amen. He said, his leaf also shall not wither. And I, I kind of like that because it kind of brought me into this thinking of that you will, you will be able to survive and still thrive. It's just you're going to look good. Amen? You're going to look good. <laughs> Your leaf will not wither. Now, that has everything to do with not just appearance, but substance. That what you have will not fade away. And then he said, and whatsoever you do shall prosper. So all the conditions of that is, comes from the fact that you delight yourself in the word, in the Lord. And this evening, if God will help me, I want to speak over your life grace. Some of the things that God has been speaking to me. Father, I just pray that you would open up our understanding and let every pen be a ready writer tonight to write down the things that you would speak to our heart, yea, even the deep things, Lord. I ask, Lord, for your blessing and favor to be upon us so we would understand grace and walk in it. And all of God's people say amen. amen. Grace is important because there is a grace that God gives us that stabilizes us. You're not stable tonight because of who you are and your good looks and because your leaf has not withered, your grace tonight by God who has breathed into you to stabilize you so that you're not shifty or double-minded and unstable in all your ways. Grace stabilizes us. And no matter what we encounter, there are certain values, certain ideas, and concepts that cannot move us away because God graced me and kept me and I have embedded in me uh, certain things that you cannot talk me out of. Personal convictions, if you will. Uh, understanding and revelation of God's keeping power. So I could honestly stand here tonight and tell you that grace has kept me rooted. Has he kept you rooted? Grace has kept us rooted. And I, I want to say something to everyone that is listening today, and that is this, you are blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Say it louder. I'm so we can agree together tonight that all of us in this room are blessed. And maybe you're here tonight and you say, well, Pastor, I, I kind of disagree with that statement. Well, here's what I've, I've learned 
about the way we think. Some people think that being blessed is based on a condition. But being blessed is not based on a condition, it's based on a position. Your blessing is hinged not upon a condition of what you're in right now. You cannot say, just because of my condition I'm blessed, you are blessed by position and not condition. So there's a grace that God gives you to live, to move, to function, to breathe. And there's a grace that God gives you. Sometimes there were other people maybe that should have gotten the job that you got, but that was grace. Maybe they should have gotten the position you got, but that was grace. Maybe they should have gotten the house you were trying to get, but that was grace that gave it to you. Maybe, they, you, should, maybe you shouldn't have gotten the car, but God graced you to have it and to have what you needed in this season of your life. And maybe there was somebody running after the relationship you were running after. And instead of people's names who are not worthy to be mentioned, you ended up with the prize. Come on, somebody. Oh, I can't even mention this guy's name that tried to like Beverly and, and, and tried to try to try to date her and tried to propose to her and tried to marry her. The devil is alive. And, and and so all 20 we've been married now 32 years and and uh, <laughs> I'm still talking about him. Yes, I am. His name is not worthy to be mentioned. But I'm standing in grace tonight because somebody went after the relationship that I maybe wasn't even deserving of with my skinny self and my permed hair in 1988. Come on, somebody. But God saw fit to grace me. I'm blessed. Somebody say blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And, and let me say to all the men who like to complain about their spouse and their wife and say that, you know, she's this and, and she's that and she don't do this. You better remember it's all those faults she has that prevented her from finding a better husband. Some of y'all don't want to say amen and some of you like trying to throw a shoe at me. There were other people who were more qualified to be where you are right now. But God's grace stepped in and graced you. But there's a grace that God has given you that has stepped into your situation. And this is where God has me tonight. And I want you to write this down. I am standing in grace right now. Somebody say right now. I'm standing in grace right now. I'm moving in grace right now. I'm functioning in grace right now. There is a grace that is over my life, and I know there's a grace over this house, and I know there's a grace over you. I've been preaching the gospel since I was 16 years old. 37 years ago, I started preaching the gospel. We've been privileged to pastor this great church for the past 24 years. All I can say about both of those things is that's nothing but grace. It is grace that has kept me. It is amazing grace that has kept us. And this is not normal. It is not normal to, to pastor this long. Ooh, it's quiet now. It's not normal to be married that long. 
Ooh, but this is not normal. This is grace. Come on, somebody. So with that knowledge and with that revelation in my own life, I want to say to someone that is here tonight, your leaf will not wither. Hallelujah. Your leaf will not wither. You'll just be just as strong 20 years from now as you are right now. And even though people hated on you and tried to destroy you and said you wouldn't last, it was God's grace that was over you that has kept you this far. You ought to smile and say, I am blessed. I am blessed. Some of y'all are walking in grace right now that does not make any sense. You have businesses that have exploded. It does not, it's not normal. It's grace. So you have relationships that have just blossomed and grown. It's not normal. It's grace. You have uh, uh, jobs that have just grown you and promoted you and God has moved you. It's not normal. It is great. It is a crazy grace. Come on, somebody. Somebody say hallelujah. So you've got a grace over your life, and that's what blessed means. Yes, you went through some stuff, but look at where you are now. You've got a grace over your life. Grace will make a crooked path straight. Grace will open doors and make a way for you that will open in your life. Grace is in your life. Grace brought me here. Grace brought us to Indianapolis. Write this down. When the Bible says blessed, blessed and grace are really interchangeable. So if we say someone has grace in their life or we say that you have a ble you're blessed, there used to be a man in our church years ago when we first started, and you'd say, how you doing, brother? He'd say, blessed. That was, that was just the way he responded. Everybody remember, I don't want to say his name, but he'd just say, blessed. And so I would just ask him how he's doing to hear him say it. How you doing, brother? Blessed. Blessing and grace are interchangeable. Now, I'm going to prove it to you. The Bible said that Noah was blessed. How did it say it? Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So we know that all of us tonight, just being alive in the year 2023, have come out of COVID. Blessed. Come on, somebody. We're blessed. You and I are walking in grace. Now, I'm going to show you something. Blessed could not be a condition because the Bible said, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Listen to what I'm saying. That means he is blessed even when he's in the midst of ungodliness. If he has the option to walk in the counsel of the godly or the ungodly, he's blessed even in the presence of ungodliness, controversy, and confusion. Blessed is that man. And sometimes, hear me, it is difficult to recognize the grace over your life because of the problems that you are seeing happen in your life. God sent me with a word here tonight. Some people are waiting for a grace that will negate your problem. And they say, well, as soon as this works out, 
I'm going to step into my divine favor. Now listen, that is a wrong way to think because whether it ever works out or not, you are still walking in divine favor. You are still walking in supernatural favor. Write this down. The presence of trouble does not destroy the potential for triumph. The presence of trouble does not destroy the potential for triumph. Grace will cause me to triumph in the presence of evil, in the presence of craziness and confusion and all hell breaking loose in my life, no matter who's been barking at you and trying to destroy you, but because of your focus, you are still walking in the grace of God. And there will be seasons in your life that you'll show the grace of God by the things he did for you. There'll be seasons you'll be able to prove the grace of God because look what God has done. Look at the doors he opened. Look at the way he made for me. He made a way when there was no way. There'll be seasons you'll be able to look back over your shoulder and say, and that was God, and that was God, and that was God. It was hard, but I see the grace of God in it now. That's why they try to tell us that hindsight is 2020. It doesn't matter what you went through in the trial and the test. Triumph is on the other side of what you've gone through because God's grace will not leave you. He will take you through it. There will be seasons in your life that God's grace will be proven by the fire you had to go through. Hallelujah. You will prove that there's a grace over your life because you walked through something that was seven times harder than it ought to have been. Not everybody could have made it. Not everybody everybody did make it. In fact, the people who tried to pull you in got burned up in their own fire. And there you are now walking around in something that should totally have incinerated you and everything around you. Ooh, every, anybody else would have lost their mind. Anybody else would have had a nervous breakdown. Anybody else would have thrown in the towel. Anybody else would have blown their brains out. My God. And here you are still alive. And here you are still praising God on a Wednesday night, able to say, Jesus, Jesus, you're my one thing. Not everybody could have went through what you went through. High five, high five somebody and say, yes, he will. It's not that you didn't feel it. It's not that you didn't think about it. It's not that you didn't lay in bed at night and you were tormented. But every time the enemy was trying to burn you, grace got all around you. <laughs> grace got all around you. Grace covered you up. Grace protected you. You are walking in grace. The fire is everywhere. The bills are everywhere. The sickness is everywhere. The pain is everywhere. But you're still walking around in it. And you're walking around in it because of the amazing grace of Almighty God. Somebody just holler, I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the fire. I'm blessed in the mess. I'm blessed in the craziness. I'm blessed in the storm. I'm blessed in the rain. I am blessed coming in and I am blessed going out. And the reason I'm standing here is because of the grace of God.
Tell somebody I made it. How do you know it didn't burn me? How do you know it didn't destroy me? How do you know it didn't take me down? Because I'm still here and I'm here to give God praise. I say glory. I'm blessed. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Woo! I think we all, I think Sister Sharon, we ought to get up every morning and say, Blessed is the man. Look over somebody and say, Blessed is the man. Instead of waking up and saying, Lord, have mercy. I don't know what we're going to do, Lord. I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow, Lord. Got to go to the doctor. Got to go see the special. I don't know what I'm going to do, but if you wake up in the morning and you say, blessed is the man, and you start coming out of your mouth, say, blessed is the man. You got to go to work. Blessed is the man. You got to go through Starbucks. Blessed is the man. You got to drive through 465 traffic. Blessed is the man. I'm just blessed is the man. How you doing today? Blessed is the man. How you doing over here? Blessed is the man. Come on, somebody say, I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm shouting on a Wednesday night. This feels great up here. I feel this for somebody and I feel it for myself. Sometimes, write this down, you need to hear your own self say you're blessed. I got to hear my own self say it. It's not enough for me to say it to you. You need to hear yourself say it. You need to drive back those forces of darkness and fear that have been tormenting your mind because there are spirits hovering over the top of you trying to attack you even while I'm preaching. Still lingering spirits trying to torment your mind and tell you, I shouldn't even have come here. And when you speak back and say out loud, blessed is the man, they're standing over the top of you with all kinds of conditions. Hear me. That's why you can't live in your condition. You got to step over it into your position and say, I'm still blessed. Oh, you had a flat tire on the interstate. I'm still blessed. The doctor gave you a bad report. I'm still blessed. I'm stepping over my condition and into my position and my position says I am blessed. Hallelujah. That's what I want you to know. You are blessed. Say blessed is the man. I'm walking in my position, not my condition. I came through cancer in 2017. I had to step out of my condition into my position. Some people couldn't wait for me to die. First thing I say is blessed is the man. The second thing I would say tonight is you got to guard your grace. <laughs> I hear you, Pastor Wayne. We got to guard our grace. Just because you're graced doesn't mean you don't have to be guarded you still have to be guarded. Come on. The first thing it tells us is blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. He said blessed is the man and he tells him what not to do. Hear me. It doesn't tell him what to do before it first tells him what not to do. 
Everybody wants to hear what blessed people do, but the real power is in what you don't do. Grace has to be guarded. Say that with me. Grace has to be guarded. We are living in a time where your grace has to be guarded. You don't let everybody into it. You don't try to pull everybody into it. You don't try to make them see it. You don't even tell everybody about it. Come on, church. Stay with me. Your grace in 2023 has got to be guarded. In other words, God said for what he is trying to do in your life, there are seasons you've got to learn how to shut your mouth. Somebody just said, Pastor, that's rude. <laughs> Pastor, I can't believe you're speaking so plain. Pastor, talk to us in sugar and spice and everything nice. But I got to give it to you just how God has given it to me. Your grace has to be guarded. As God begins to open doors for you, you can't say everything. You can't pick up the phone and call just anybody. You have to learn, oh, I'm teaching to somebody here. I feel it being pulled out of me. You can't call everybody and tell them what God's doing because some people hate you because they ain't you and they don't want to see you succeed. Oh, you know right now there's some friends of yours and family members of yours. You don't even bother telling them because you know here comes 20 questions and they think you're trying to be better than them. That when you have grace in your life and God begins to open doors for you and God begins to make crooked paths straight and God begins to grant favor, hallelujah, on your life, you can't pick up the phone and call just everybody. You can't put it on Facebook. You can't put it on Twitter. You can't put it on Instagram. God is opening up a secret for you. He, uh, he's trying to make a way for you. So your grace has got to be guarded. Let me teach to this church tonight. The Bible says, write this down, who walketh not in the council. The council of who? The ungodly. There is no time to walk now. In 2023, you don't have any time left to sit and walk in the council of the ungodly. And then I begin to think to myself, when it talks about the council of the ungodly, you, when I read that, don't you just read that and think that's a picture of the most ungodly person you've ever met or the most vile sinner the person that is so vexed, uh, uh, the most ungodly troll and wicked person and witch that's operating in witchcraft. And, and when I think about that, uh, we'll, uh, we'll not sit in the council of the ungodly. But let me tell you, the council of the ungodly can even come from church people. And let me prove it to you what makes the counsel of the ungodly what it is. When it says not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, it's not just talking about that you shouldn't listen to people who aren't living right. It's not just saying that. It's also talk about, it's talking about receiving counsel from people 
who do not line up with your purpose. Hold on to that. It's not just ungodly people who, do, who don't live right and they're trying to give everybody else their wisdom. But it's people who don't line up with your purpose trying to counsel you. <laughs> Let me prove it to you. Peter was trying to protect Jesus from being crucified. He was ready to fight, throw down, <laughs> to protect Jesus from going to the cross. Judas is the one who sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of Bitcoin, I mean silver. <laughs> and Peter was just trying to save Jesus' life. And then Jesus has the audacity to call Judas his friend. Jesus calls Judas his friend because what Judas did escalated his purpose. Sometimes you got to thank the people that threw you in the pit. Sometimes you got to thank the people that talked about you. And then Jesus said to Peter, he called him the devil. Peter, of all people, he preached on the day of Pentecost. He said, get behind me, Satan. I know you've been wanting to say that to somebody all week. Peter said, get behind me, Satan. And yet he would call Judas his friend. So even though you're doing a good thing and it feels good to you, it is the counsel of the ungodly because what you're trying to do does not line up with my purpose. You trying to help me, but it's not helping me. You trying to instruct me, but it's not getting me to my purpose. So that is the counsel of the ungodly. I'm going to get some amens and some woes and some frowns, but I've had a lot of people over the years trying to tell me what I should do and how I should pastor. They've never pastored anything in their life. Stop telling me what you would do if you were me. You are not me and I am not you. You could mean well for me, but steer me wrong and get me out of my purpose. And for this season of my life, I've got to guard the grace of God that is upon my life. Stop telling me how you would pastor this church if you were me. You're not me. You don't have the track record to speak from. And so many people today have an opinion, but they don't have a proven track record to back up their opinion. They were once in the church. They left the church. They turned into an atheist. Then they became demon-possessed. But then they got a hold of some theological YouTube revelation and all of a sudden now they are a self-proclaimed Facebook evangelist. No, 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 as the day is long, no. Get your counsel from godly people. 
Get your counsel from people who have a proven track record. Get your counsel from people who had to walk through hell to get to heaven. Get your counsel from people who had to smile their way out of a pit and say, God, if it hadn't been you, I don't know how I would have made it, but you brought me up out of a horrible pit and I'm going to praise God. I stopped listening to ungodly people because they are not helping me in my purpose. They walk around in the robe of friendship, but they're not helping me with my purpose. Are you here? They mean well. They're trying to save me from something that God is trying to take me into. Because God doesn't just use good things to bless you. God sometimes uses storms to bless you. Are you hearing me? Sometimes you don't need to be comforted. Are you listening to me on YouTube? They're trying to save me something that God's trying to take me into. Sometimes you don't need somebody to work it out for you. Sometimes you don't need anybody to protect you. Sometimes you just got to get into the fire and say, though he slay me, yet... I will trust him. And I heard God say, I don't want you to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And I don't want you to stand in the way with sinners. I don't want your weakness to be something the devil uses you to trip over people with. I don't want people to trip over you either through your weakness because you haven't learned to appropriate the grace of God. Oh, I lost him on that, Lord. I don't want you to stand in the way of sinners. Look at somebody and say, it's time to clean it up. Clean your lifestyle up. Clean your character up. Clean your tongue up. Clean your mood up. And while we're here, clean your car up. <laughs> it's time to clean it up. Some of the reasons we're having a difficult time getting our children to be saved is because they saw too much of us. And maybe the reason the pastor has lost his influence with them is because the kids heard you talking bad about the pastor. Now they're in trouble and you come to the man of God and you want the man of God to come to your trouble place and pray for your children and for you. And the kid is confused because they heard you on the phone saying he was slick and no good. And I'm not sitting under a white pastor. And now they're in trouble and you want the sleek preacher to come down. It goes both ways. I've been pastoring for 24 years. And I have probably seen just about anything. And you don't pastor a diverse church and not encounter racism on both sides. I shared with you Sunday. There are some people left this church because they said it was too black. And there's some people that left this church and said we were too white. And you know what I said? Bye. Because we're not going to change who we are. <laughs> Somebody say, see, si, senor, we're not changing. I would ask you a question tonight. Are your habits standing in the way of sinners? 
And if that is the case, if people are looking at you and saying, if that's what a Christian is, I don't know that I'm, I'm, I'm just as good as them. And if that's what people are saying about you, here's my advice. You've got to be more disciplined than that. Now I'm going to say something that's going to make everybody mad. <laughs> Sister Penny told me when she came to the Lord in the Baptist church and she was smoking cigarettes and packs a day and she happened to be out smoking and people saw her and it ruined her testimony. And the Lord told her to hide herself into a closet till she could get the victory. So she was smoking in the closet. Come on. She said, the Lord convicted me of it in front of people. I don't want to do this thing that causes someone else to stumble. Where the Bible says, if you cause one of these little ones to stumble, it is better that a millstone be hung around your neck and you be cast into the bottom of the sea. If what your habit is doing, say it's time to clean it up. So look at someone else and say, guard that thing. I'm almost done, but he said, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. If you want to be blessed, you can't be bitter. You can't be full of scorn. You can't be so negative. Whenever I get on something like this, everybody shouts as if it's not them. But if you're the one that always throws the bitterness into the conversation, if you're the one that always brings up people's past in a fight, if you're the one that always reaches back like Rip Van Winkle into yesterday, 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 then you're the one who is uh, raining on people's positive moments. You, my friend, are scornful. You are full of scorn. You have become bitter, but you've got to release that thing tonight. Because God wants you to be free. Come on, somebody. I cannot reside in 2023 if I want to see the awe and the wonder of God. I've got to get rid of my critical spirit, my bitterness that causes me to be hateful at everybody. Whatever you've got to do, whoever it is that you need to forgive, wherever you've got to climb over for where God is taking you, you cannot afford to be bitter the rest of your your life. You can't afford to be scornful. You can't afford to get even. You can't afford to get them back. Just tell the devil, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Don't even worry about it. It's all good. Somebody just wipe your hands and say, it ain't worth it. I won't let it take me to hell. I got to hurry. Psalm 91 in verse 1 says, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is the law of the Lord, and his, in his law doth he meditate day and night. And then he goes on to say, and he shall be like a tree planted. Now I've got, before I go, I've got to give you this. I heard the Lord saying into my spirit, for whatever... He is trying to do in my life, I have got to be rooted. You got to stop trying this and then trying that and then trying something else and then trying this over here and then trying this over there. And if that don't work in three months, I'm out. 
I, I'm going to try it over here. Can't, won't keep a job. Won't stay in a church. Won't stay in relationship. <laughs> it's so quiet in here. I'm going to try this for three months. I'm going to try this for six months. Your moving around is canceling your blessing. The Lord told me to tell you, I'm not telling you whether you get it or not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm not telling you just so you can say, well, that went in one ear and one out the other. I'm telling you that there comes a season in your life that you have to learn to root yourself and stand still long enough so that you can eventually see the salvation of the Lord. That just made somebody mad. I felt that. You're going to have to be rooted. You're going to have to be rooted in your faith, rooted in your Christian behavior, rooted in your church attendance, rooted in your tithe and offering, rooted in the word of God. You're going to have to learn how to remain rooted. Oh, you got to stay rooted. You got to stand flat-footed and remain rooted no matter if it rains or if it snows. You got to be rooted in the good times, rooted in the bad times, winter, spring, summer, and fall. I got to say, God put me here and I'm not going in anywhere. I'm standing flat-footed. I'm going to get the victory just because I'm rooted. I may not get the fringe benefits, may not even see everyone else's blessing, but I will be blessed because I determined to be rooted. I got to tell you, you got to root yourself. You got to be grounded. You got to learn how to be rooted. Before I close, I tell you that when Paul talked about putting on the whole armor of God. Listen to this. He said that once you get it all on, he didn't say run, he just said stand. Put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the belt of truth. Amen? Put on the sword of the spirit. Put on the, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel peace. Put on the shield of faith. And when he gets done saying all that, he didn't say you were going anywhere. Because we are always trying to go somewhere. Except where we should be. In fact, he said, you need all of that just to stand. He didn't say go somewhere. He said, you need to put all that on just so you can stand because you've not learned what you needed to learn. Had you learned what you needed to learn, you wouldn't be acting that way. Having done all to stand, keep standing. And I got all this on, so I'm just going to keep standing. Storms come, I'm still standing. Hell rages, I'm still standing. I got a sword, I got a shield, I got a helmet, I got shoes. I got a breastplate, hallelujah. I got all dressed up so I could tell the devil, you can't have my house, you can't have my children, you can't have my life. I'm standing, I'm rooted. You can't talk me out of my blessing. I have already moved over my condition into my position. I'm not worried about how I feel because feelings are fickle and makes life a pickle but I'm going to jump over into my position and remain standing with the whole armor of God having done all to stand stand are you with me you got to be rooted you got to be rooted and in closing say remain rooted look at this verse in Psalm 92, 13, 
those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. <laughs> if my feet are planted in the house of the Lord, God says, I will flourish in his courts. <laughs> Amen? If my feet, is that what the Bible said? If my feet are planted in the house of God, in the house of God, then I can expect my flourishment to explode in his courts. Amen? As I walk in blessing. And so, if you're planted, you're going to flourish. If you're rooted, you're going to grow. If you just stand still, God's going to make it happen. Having done all to stand, stand, just stand. Because you can't afford to give up ground for anyone. Don't let nobody talk you out of your property. Don't let nobody talk you out of what God gave you. Amen? The enemy is trying to fight you off your ground. He's after your ground. He's after your ground. Can I give you something else here? You know what the Bible says, neither give any place to the devil. It literally means don't give any territory to the devil. Stand your ground. He's after your ground. He's after the deed in your hand. But it's yours. The deed is yours. It's yours. I'm not giving up my ground. I'm not giving up my territory. I fought for this. I had to learn how to get myself out of my condition and into my position. I used to be very timid, believe it or not. In fact, in the pulpit, I'm not timid, but in like conversations with people, I'm a very quiet person. I was with a group of young people or young adults and middle-aged adults. I was the oldest. When you're the oldest in the group, you just have to used to be I was always the youngest and I'm telling you they talked a mile a minute and I was like come on I, I was like I mean oh come on my age was probably catching up with me Eliana had a birthday party last Saturday, was it Saturday? Ooh. And all these littles came, you know, these little people. And uh, Liam was in rare form. Everyone that came through the door, he's screaming and hollering, you know. I mean, we only had so much room. And I, I even said, how are we gonna fit all these people in here? And you can imagine what the noise level was. Amen? It was on 100. It was on tilt. I mean, it was fire. 
as Ben says, it was righteous. I don't even know if I said it in the right context, but I just said it. I learned that too. <laughs> and it was so loud, I realized I am getting older. Because I'd be down on the floor playing, you know, horsey and doing all this stuff, and they got to screaming and hollering, and it wasn't just the kids. cackling and falling into each other and just rolling around and by the time they left the house a tornado looked like it had come through it took everything I had just to sit on the couch and say I'm not, I've got to guard my grace now I've got to guard my grace now I'm going to apologize to anybody that's offended don't be offended come and pray but <laughs> I realized I was getting a little older but you know that God will give you grace in your early years. That's why they say have your children when you're young. Amen? Amen. Some of you, amen, and you ain't even know what I'm talking about. You are still young. You don't even know. You'd be like, well, I guess. Some of you older folks be like, whoo, I know that's right. Have your children when you're young. And then you move into a, a mid-season. Then you move into an older season. And I'm kind of mid. <laughs> mid in a good way that's a good way don't mean it's not not good it's halfway I'm kind of I feel I'm in a good season but I have to learn how to appropriate grace now <laughs> amen I learned how to guard my grace I don't respond to every negative thing anymore amen I don't have to get up and, and call somebody right there and say did you say this did you I don't have to do that now I'm in a different season in my life. I've learned how to guard my grace. I don't let everybody eat my lunch. I don't pull everybody in because I have to guard. I learned how to say, blessed is the man I moved out of my condition into my position. That was the first step for me. Then I had to learn how to guard my grace so that grace would multiply and abound in my life. And I had to make sure that I didn't get burnt and scornful along the way. Because you can do ministry. Oh, let me come over here. I feel this over here. You can do ministry and get hurt in ministry and get wounded in the battle and say, put a fork in me, I'm done. I don't ever want to do this again. I've had my fill of people. If I knew it was going to be all this, I would have went into life insurance. I would have done something else. Come on, there have been seasons. Because you can get so hurt and jaded. And I'm speaking to somebody, maybe it's not ministry, but maybe you were in a relationship and you can't trust anybody anymore. Because you've been so hurt. You cannot remain scornful and walk in the blessing of God. Because if you will stay full of that mess, it will prevent you from delighting in the law of God. It'll prevent you from meditating because every time you sit down and meditate on the word, that thing is going to come back to your mind. And when that happens, you cease to be a tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. Try to move me. Sister Marina, try to push me over. You know, I'm a tree. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm a tree. I'm a tree. 
I don't have time to teach on this, but what kind of tree are you? The Bible talks about a palm tree. Do you know that a palm tree? Oh, here we go. As soon as I even say it, there's somebody saying, do you know, do you know that in a storm, a palm tree has the ability to lay down flat till the storm passes over? And when the storm passes over, it rises back up. You shall be like a tree that is planted, rooted, grounded in the, near the water. And because your roots run so deep, it doesn't matter if a drought comes. You have learned how to step over your condition and into your position. Blessed is the man. Look at somebody and say, blessed is the man. You can stand, if you will, stand to your feet. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. When I have to go to work tomorrow, I'm walking in. Blessed is the man. When I go to the doctor's appointment, blessed is the man. When bad news comes my way, blessed is the man. Ooh, when my children get in trouble, blessed is the man. I'm going to give up my ground for nobody. I'm going to remain rooted. And if you didn't hear anything, I want you to hear that. Don't leave your church and get unrooted. It's the banana that leaves the bunch that gets peeled. I'm not saying we're the only church, but what I'm trying to say is if you will stay rooted, you'll survive it. Stay long enough till your fickle feelings pass away. And by then you'll already have moved into a better season. And then you'll look back and say, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. <laughs> My roots run so deep you can't take away my territory. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm thankful for your people here tonight. Thank you, God, for speaking to our heart. Thank you for bringing to us revelation of staying in the Word, staying rooted and planted, staying in a place where we shall become like the tree. And so tonight, to symbolize that you are a tree, if you're able, slip your hands up and become a tree. <laughs> now with your hands raised look around you and see all the limbs look at all the trees people saying I am grouped I am grouped all these trees all these roots look at all the roots around you you ought to be so tied in together that you're tripping over each other's roots with your hands raised I know it's painful but just keep them up there for a second. Some of you got tree branches that other people are gonna find their shelter in. Because you stayed rooted long enough, you grew some tree limbs that your children, your children are gonna hide up under the shade of your covering and find protection in a time of need in their life.
You're going to stay with your tree limbs up so high that there'll be people who'll walk by and grab the fruit off of your tree and say, thank you for sustaining me. Thank you for nourishing me. Thank you in that season when I was in a drought, you prayed me through. Thank you for covering me. Hallelujah. You are a tree. You have roots that run deep. Don't let the devil take any of your territory. Ground yourself. Father, I thank you for your blessing over every person here tonight. And I ask, Lord, today that you would minister to those that are here and those watching. Lord, if there's anyone that is in a place that they need to reconcile to you and come to know you as Lord and Savior, you told us that all who call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So tonight I'm asking God for you to speak continuously to everyone in this place and those that are watching. And I want you to examine your heart and ask yourself, have I been rooted? Have I been rooted? Am I rooted? Am I still rooted? Don't let scorn and criticism and fault finding distance you from God. Stay rooted. Don't stand with the sinner in the way of the sinner and revert back to your old ways and habits. Don't receive counsel from people that aren't able to give you the counsel you really need. Delight yourself in the law of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you need to repent, repent. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. 